This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. To live a healthy and enriched life, our past emotional wounds, like bodily infections, must be cleansed and allowed to heal. From the book, Give Back the Pain, Valeria Tellez interviews Dr. Robert Bleck, the author of Give Back the Pain, Emotional Healing Through Source Completion Therapy. Veteran educator, researcher, psychotherapist, Dr. Robert Bleck has devised a simple but effective three-phase therapeutic approach to eliminating the lingering effects of painful past experiences. Believing that we all suffer from at least some emotional wounds as a result of our past experiences, especially those who have been abused, Dr. Bleck put his mental health expertise to work on developing Source Completion Therapy, SCT, Incorporating all the effective, significant psychological theories widely in use today, SCT takes us on a journey of personal exploration and emotional healing, built on the theory that we can only break free of the disabling effects of our hurts if we, first, become fully aware of their true origins, next, re-experience the pain, and finally, complete the healing process by confronting those responsible for the pain. In his book, Give Back the Pain, Dr. Bleck creatively provides snippets and case histories that help us see our own behaviors among the many symptoms SCT addresses. An easy-to-use self-hypnosis script aids us in becoming fully conscious of the events that created our symptoms, and options for giving the pain back to its source, completing, are offered. Robert T. Bleck received his PhD from the University of Florida. As a former professor, he has taught counseling and psychology. As a writer and innovator in the field, he has appeared on radio and television shows throughout the country. He is a founder and director of the Source Completion Therapy Center in Plainview, New York, where he puts his therapeutic principles into practice. Meet Dr. Robert at robertbleck.com. Here's the interview with Dr. Robert Bleck. In your own words, who is Robert Black? I really like that question. So so thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Ever since (laughs) I was a little boy, I I always had a great uh, compassion and empathy towards anybody who was struggling or suffering in any way. Uh, And it always pained me deeply. Um, I remember I was about, I must have been about nine or ten, and I was home from school sick. And I remember watching the Black... black and white version of Les Mis, Les Miserables. Ah, and it was so powerful to me. It, it takes place in, the, I think it was about 1860s 
in France, and it's about the misery of those French people. And it centers around one man who steals a piece of bread to feed his family, who's basically starving. And about the policeman who chases him for decades, stalking him, uh, trying to reach him, tormenting him. And the pain was so intense for me. I remember this. It's almost as if I feel the tears down my cheeks now, because I remember sobbing. I was nine or 10. And uh, it was very, very powerful for me. I always wondered also how come nobody, not everybody felt the way I did around me, you know, going going through school. So that's sort of propelled me. I, I, I took a road of, um, I'm going to try to do something in my life to help others. And uh, so that's one part of me. And the next part of me, which I, which I also value and I think is important, I've always found the most joy and my most pleasure from the simple things in life. Whether it was gazing at the sky on a clear starlit night, and I remember I could stay for hours and just be awed and mesmerized by it, or a hike in the mountains or the forest. Uh, I, I could breathe in the fresh, cool air, um, smell the earth. And I would think the trees were magical, and I loved looking at the majesty of them. So that was always precious to me. Or, or sunrise, watching a sunrise when the birds be- begin to sing, and uh, I find that magnificent. A good cup of coffee with a good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I love to start my day like that. Or just holding my wife's hand. It's, it's kind of special for me. So, so the simple things have always made me happy, and I've gotten terrific joy and rewards from helping others. Oh, what is not to love about you, Robert? <laughs> <laughs> Truly beautiful. Thank That's, you for being you. You're sweet. Thank you so much. You wrote the book, Give Back the Pain, Emotional Healing Through Source Completion Therapy. How did you come up with this title? What is the meaning and what was the inspiration for it? Well, let me, let me start at the beginning so people understand it, you know, all the phases and, and the, the title itself. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start at the beginning of yes. the things. That's yeah. okay? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The way I see it, for the most part, we're all born basically innocent, pure, and just bursting with sweet potential. When I look at a baby, there's nothing, uh, nothing more perfect to the, than that to me. And I just, I just love that. I love being with them. I love holding them. But as, in, as sweet and pure as we are, we're also dependent upon our caregivers for our survival. We, we trust that they'll feed us when they were hungry, change us when we're soiled, protect us and keep us safe. You know, don't let us put our hands in electrical mm. chocolates. Mm. Don't let us mm-hmm. play in traffic. Yeah. Don't put us in a hot car in the summertime that's locked and closed. And, and we trust them to encourage us when life is, gets disappointing and difficult for us. If they do the opposite, if they hurt us, degrade us, minimize us, beat us in some way uh, and abuse us, all that sweetness begins to turn sour. And then what happens, a ch- t- for a child to understand the betrayal that's uh, happening to them, it- it's too much to bear. Their-, their brains probably would become psychotic. So what they do, they, they stuff that, those feelings down. Um, they-, they feel unloved. They feel insignificant. They might feel empty, rageful, certainly betrayed or powerless. 
uh, frightened, terrified, and abandoned, then they're going to just push all these feelings down. It's a survival mechanism for a child. But what happens, okay, as they get older, those feelings begin to fester inside and boil, and they turn to an emotional, emotionally toxic brew that our subconscious wants to push out. And however, our conscious still doesn't want to feel it. So, so what happens is that it, it comes out in all kinds of things like a, um, a, an obsession, a phobia, eating disorder, or an addiction. It, it, that's the form it takes. It comes out in, in those forms. Um, panic disorders as well. Uh, in rage, road rage, people are familiar with that. Those are from repressed feelings that are trying to get out. It's like eating a bad meal. It, 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 it festers inside for a little bit, and then our body basically pushes it out in every orifice. So, so the, the, the subconscious wants this poison out of us, this toxic poison. So, so, so um, again, it comes out in all those ways. So the, the awareness um, is really important because when they come to me, an adult comes to me that was abused as a child, they're, they're sometimes not aware of the pay, of what was done to them. They have all these uh, what I call diversions, ways not to feel, the obsessions, the addictions, the eating disorders, phobias, um, all, all kinds of things like that. I mean, anything you can think of. And they don't have the awareness, okay, of what happened really, what the, the details of it. And that's where the first phase of source completion therapy comes in. So the awareness, I help them through um, a variety of methods, including um, body, interpreting body language, dream interpretation, um, and just the open questions to get to the source and how they were hurt, what are the details of how they were hurt, etc. Then the second phase, I, I take them back in time th- through um, self-hypnosis, hypnosis, or visualizations. This phase, I mean, each phase, it, it could take some time until each phase is, is complete where they get all the awareness so they can go to the second phase. Because the second phase is very deep and very powerfully emotionally. So I take them back in time and they're visualizing the events of the trauma with all the sights, the sounds, the smells, the feelings of uh, their trauma and who hurt them and how they were hurt. So they're using all their five sen- senses to experiencing the past in the present moment. Now here's, here's where the completion comes in. That's the third phase. And that's where the title of the book comes from. This is where, where the person they've gotten aware, they've brought up all the feelings from that, from the pain that was done to them, the trauma that was, uh, and that they experienced that. And they're ready for the third phase where they actually confront the person or persons who hurt them. Um, they can co- confront them directly or they can confront them through letters, through text. If some people, if, if they're dead, they go to the grave and I tell them how to, how to approach that. But it, they learn directly how to, and effectively, how to tell this person what was done to them and how they feel about it and how it affected them. So they're actually giving back the pain to the person who gave it to them. That's where the title comes from. I had um, a lot of experiences with trauma, childhood trauma, abuse, and all that. So I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yes, thank you, Robert. It's something that I have kind of learned to dance with 
throughout my life. And it makes sense to me when you say that because I tried to communicate that. And I don't know if that was part of the last phase, <laughs> probably within all phases <laughs> of that suffering. I was trying very hard to communicate the pain yes. to my mother. Yes. And she would not listen to me. And she would reject like completely and say, you're a liar. I was great oh, to God. you. You are ungrateful. And then it would hurt me even more. And then it was of just course. that cycle. And I stopped. That's not the, the right technique or the right way of doing this. So I wrote a book about everything that happened. Yeah. And that was huge, huge, huge. I mean, it made me feel so much better. Although she never read the book. Have you had any experiences with um, trauma, Robert? This kinds of trauma, childhood trauma? Myself? Yourself, yeah, yeah. Yes, I was abused by my mother. Oh, okay. Uh, beaten. okay. I was beaten yeah. just about every day. I was degraded uh, and I was yeah. uh, demeaned. I was minimized. Um, uh, so it was difficult. I actually, when, when I was creating this process and uh, that I did, um, and I was learning from my the people I worked with what worked best and what s sequence would be better. Yeah. And healing. I did this. Um, I was doing that with my mother, you know, right. giving her feedback, I call it. That was completing it and giving him back the pain. Yeah. Because uh, she had rejected it as yours did, yeah. not wanting to hear it for right. years. Right. You know, so, um, but I kept, I kept at it. I kept trying. If the person rejects it, I mean, they're really abusing you again. They're mm. minimizing you. They're abandoning you. And they're just pushing you away. So that's very painful. Right. Um, I kept at it. So, so what, I, what I tell my, the people I work with, if, if their significant person who hurt them does that, again, tell them how you feel about it. I feel dismissed. I feel minimized. Just keep going with whatever feelings come up. There's nothing wrong with feelings, right, Robert? Being hurt and then getting angry because it's a reaction, it's a response to what we are experiencing. Yes. So there's nothing wrong with that. No. But then communicating that pain, I think I love the idea that we can take responsibility for that and be mm -hmm. more kind in a sense because I didn't want it to hurt my mother. To me, that's like punishment or what do you call it? It's another word, revenge. And I don't yes. believe in revenge. Right. I remember having this strong feeling of trying to communicate that, asking the questions of, of why. Why did you do it? Why were, were you so violent? What have I done to deserve it? <laughs> Those <Yes>. questions. <laughs> yeah, I, I have them ask the, the parent that, yeah, if, or grandparent or whoever it was, if they choose to do that. It, that that's not so much the healing part. That that's just a curiosity part. The the healing part comes about when they give back those feelings, how how they felt about what was done to them. But a lot of my people that I've worked with, they've reduced, they've finished that. That they are or, or near completion, and so they they are curious as what what did I do to deserve this? You made me feel worthless. Um, how come? Where did that come from? And a lot of them get answers. You know, my mother uh, came uh, from a very abusive home herself. So, um, and I understood that, you know, as, as we talked and I, it, it didn't, I didn't forgive her because of that. Uh, I, it took time until all the feelings were out and then I accepted it. I, I didn't have fury. I didn't have rage uh, anymore. I was at peace with it because she listened to me and said she regretted it, what she did to me. 
Ah, so yeah, you got to hear that. I never got to hear that from my mother. And I gave up on that. So that's why I wrote a book about everything. <laughs> and she never read it. And it doesn't matter because it, something was released. I mean, incredibly. I, I feel so much lighter. And then acceptance, of course, came into play. Good. Again, I'm sorry that you experienced that. Yeah, yeah I, I'm sorry about you too. And it has been the story and the case with so many of us. So many of us. It's a legacy of pain, right, Robert? Just passing on this legacy of abuse and pain. And I wonder what it will take for us to stop doing that as humanity, as a whole. You know, it's a great question. I ask all the time because I see it all around me. It continues. I don't think we've evolved as a, as a species enough. I think whatever generation, um, however it progresses, the next generation might forget and go back to uh, behaving improperly again. So it's, um, I'm not sure the answer to that is. Yes, right. I also don't have one. I don't think anyone has the answers, but we can't help but ask it, ask the question, right? When yes. we become aware and realize that we are hurting one another and it's just not, it's not fun. <laughs> and I think we are here to have fun, to enjoy this experience in the human body. Yes, and I, I do the best I can to work one-on-one with all the people that I, that I work with or that I have come in contact with. Um, to help them become more aware and, and heal. So, so I do the best I can in, in this life. What does freedom look like when it comes to feeling and emotions, when we are healed, per se, from mm. trauma? Talk to me for a moment about that. So we, as an audience, my audience and myself, we have a reference for this well, stage. When you're, when you're healed, when all those feelings and painful ones are um, released and out of you, you then have room to in, to look at life as, as, as magical and take everything in, all the stimuli that are around us. Like I was saying at the beginning, the beauty of the trees, the awesomeness of the sky at night. I, I can't even describe it. I remember going to camp when I was young and I, still, I said to myself, I think I was maybe 14 or 15, I looked up at the sky and said, I'll never forget this. This is so magnificent, I cannot forget this. And I never forgot it to this day. So a person who is free of those painful feelings is open. Their heart is open, their spirit is open, their mind is open. Or just when I see a baby, an infant, I, I, I am so, um, I'm so mesmerized But the miracle of that, the miracle and the sweetness of it. So uh, that's freedom to me, being open and free to take in all these stimuli that are, that are just beautiful. So that's how I put it. Seeing those who are suffering, they're still dwelling a lot in trauma, negative emotions, but they have not become aware yet. (laughs) So for those around us, what do we do in this case? Like I struggle with that, people around me. And then how do we recommend somebody like you? They don't seem to be open. Yes, it's a great question. And um, I have some answers to that. Mm -hmm, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I, I go to a diner. It's it's been it's been curtailed because of the pandemic. I used to start my my day early in the morning with a good cup of coffee, and conversation. People would come in and we talk. We talk whatever politics or sports, or, and people started joining me. I was started alone, and they started joining me at the table, my table, to come over. And one of the gentlemen was angry all the time. He was angry, and he had rage inside of him. 
And he was mad at everybody, mad at politicians, mad at uh, this one, mad at the waitress. She didn't do good enough, just judging and criticizing. And I, I, I just asked him gently, where, where does all this, uh, Steve, where does all this anger come from, Steve? You seem so tense. You know, what, what, what's the source of that? You know, because that's what I do, you know. And I, I sense it's deeper for you, Steve. Then, you know, I, I had to develop some kind of trust with him because over the, over the time sitting at the diner and talking, I was gentle always, gentle even with that question. He thought about it and he said to me, my mother was the devil and she hurt me every single day of my life. And then we started talking and I kind of helped him what to do with the feelings and, and uh, you know, his mother had, had died and I told him, go to the grave and tell her how you feel about what she did, you know, and he did. And he started feeling better. The anger, the rage subsided. This, these stars never go away. You know, there's, you don't forget this. The pain and intensity leave, and that's the beauty of it. Then again, you can start to be open to what I talked about before to the beauty that life has to offer. So, so I gently ask a person that. I will always ask them if I see them intense about something. I, I'd always ask them if I'm driving in the car with a person that I know, and they start to be so angry and rageful about someone cutting them off. I'll ask uh, John, what, wh- "What's your intensity about?" Well, they disrespected me, so I then might ask, well, who really did that to you to create such intensity? So I'm able to ask that question, and if they, they trust me at, at a point, which they do, they'll, they'll think about that and answer it. And then, then we're on. Then they could start getting more aware, and then they're you know, involved in the process of healing. So trust plays a huge role. Yeah. It, it plays a tremendous role. It's what we wanted from our own parents. <laughs> right. So true. Ah, so, so true. And how do you meet your new clients, Robert? Do they contact you? They find you on your website? That's where they go to? Or how does it work? How, if somebody wants to talk to you or uh, become your patient, how does it work? Okay, so so with people I, I don't know, they, they could go to the website um, robertbleck.com. I believe that's it. Um, and then there is, um, uh, they could email me. My email address is from there or the, my phone number, my office phone number is there. And I'll, I always get back to everybody. Um, as soon as I can, every person I work with or hooks to me, I mean, some, some therapists, not quite as, um, reliable that way, but I, I always call back as soon as I can. I know you're a therapist and um, you have done, obviously, the healing work. But there's something about you that really feels spiritual to me. Do you have any spiritual belief systems or practices? I, I, like I talked to you, the beauty of what's around me feels spiritually. It, that, not religious, Valeria. I don't, I'm not a religious person. I feel there's a connection to everything that's living that runs through every, all of us and all the, I don't even like to kill a bug, you know, I, I have a difficult time with that. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> we had raccoons, we had raccoons <laughs> this summer in my backyard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, look, I, I can't have them, they're chewing up everything. <laughs> so I looked for somebody uh, that would get them and take them to a forest. Yeah. So, mm. so I have them, they're, now they're nice and well cared for and they're in the forest. It cannot get more spiritual than that. (laughs) That's highly spiritual to me. It really feels that the more 
human we become, the more we embody our humanness, then the more spiritual it feels we have become as well. It, it's, it really kind of, that's how it comes to me, that the more human we are, the more spiritual we become, if makes there is such sense. a thing. Makes sense, yes, makes sense. Because you, re- you respect everything then, the more, that's uh, what happens, you respect everything, every creature that walks, every, every, every person that talks, you respect them. It's a process for life, right, Robert? It's not something becoming aware. We don't become aware of everything. It's a beautiful walk through life. Yes. Once you release those the, those painful feelings, then you you ne- you never stop learning and growing and, and uh, absorbing beautiful stimuli. That's that is for life. You never could stop that. And also becoming better at healing ourselves because we can become traumatized again. There are so many things that can happen, right, in life. Losing yeah. people we love and so many, yes. the political situation, what's happening now in the world. So yes. it's easy to become sad and go back and kind of engage with those negative, not even negative, it's just... Um, unpleasant feelings. Yeah, right. Unpleasant feelings. So it's knowing how to deal with them, how to dance with those feelings. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so my, and I talk about this in the book too, my uh, three phases, you just redo, do that again for whatever trauma comes up. Become aware of it, how, what it was. Um, you feel those feelings, the painful feelings inside. You let them up. And if it's another person who's caused that, you, you talk to them. Tell them how you feel about it. So, Or you write them a letter or, you, like I said, I have someone went to the grave when their parents were deceased. So you, there's many ways to, to get those feelings um, out. And there's a section in the book, there's a passage where you say, to live a healthy and enriched life, our past emotional wounds, like bodily infections, must be cleansed and allowed to heal. Yes. It's what you do with the method. Exactly. Consciously, it's very easy to reject the pain and not wanting to feel them again. You're right. That's why a lot of people don't engage in healing, right, Ah. Robert? It's one of the reasons. Uh, that's so great. It's so perceptive of you, Valeria. That's terrific. See, what happens is a lot of people go to these th- other therapies that just focus on the symptom, and they're not going to the source of this. Of, of where would all this pain come from? If you don't do that, it's like having a pus-filled infection, maybe on your arm, and putting a Band-Aid over it, okay? And say, well, you can't see it now. I must be, it must be healed and better. No, you, if you let that continue to go, it's going to get gangrene and it's going to go throughout your body and it's going to fester more. You have to clean it out and you have to, you know, wash it out, disinfect it. Then it could heal. So it's the same thing with, with um, trauma and painful feelings. They have to be released from your body and then, then you could really heal. You, you can't really totally heal because those feelings, if you don't release them, they'll always come out in a dysfunctional way. Always. 100% of the time. And you outline lots of them in the book. I think it's under the um, symptoms of emotional wounds. Yes. You yes, have yes. lots of them. And also another section called diversions, yes, uh, yes. how we stay unaware, right? Yes, exactly. And then another question I, I usually ask is, like I asked earlier, what does it take for us to gather that courage 
to finally look into, go into those dark, unpleasant feelings and then release them. It's not necessary, is it, to go through deep suffering in order to go into deep healing, or it's always the case? No, and, and people come at different levels that I work with. You know, some are, some are repressed and, or, and some repress the feelings, and it just comes out in the symptoms, so they're not, they're not suffering at that point. Some are suffering, and, and they don't know what to do, and, and they're just miserable, and they're on their last uh, before they want to hurt themselves. Others just come because they know something's wrong and they don't like it. So they don't have to suffer. Um, it's just each individual is different on this. And the courage, it comes from each individual. So I can't give it to them to face their past. They, they have to begin to trust me to feel the pain from their past with me. I can't, I can't give them the courage to do that. It has to come from them, their inner soul. I don't have the power to do that. Yeah, right. No one does. Right. 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 I was wondering also about the symptoms of emotional wounds, and you outlined so many of them, and I was looking at them, and <laughs> some of the emotional wounds have not been released within me. Mm-hmm. Feeling guilty when, let's say, I'm trying to do something for myself, and then my husband is asking me to do something for him, and mm-hmm. then I have to do something for myself, and then I do it, and I feel bad about it. Yes. So that has something to do with that and those feelings still here. Exactly. I, I don't know who, who, who the, I don't know if you want to share that, who hurt you in your life? Oh, my mother and my father too, both of them. Both of them. And then my, and then assemblies. I mean, it was just a nightmare in the sense of dysfunction. Not being aware, nobody was in my family. So they were just kind of living for survival and uh, it was just a mess. A big mess, yes. Yes, yeah. Yes, so if you have any of those on that list, it's, you're still not totally complete with them. So you could write them letters, you know, in terms of how you're feeling, what's still left inside of you that you just want to convey to them. People write the letters. You don't even have to send it if you don't want. It's just it's for you to get the feelings out. That's the, that's the main, main reason to do that. And then, uh, you know, it's people say they feel lighter after doing that, like when, like when you wrote the book. Oh, yeah. Feel yes. lighter. Much lighter. <laughs> much, much, much lighter. So I wonder if they go away. Like you mentioned earlier that we don't really forget those things. Um, we never forget. But I just wonder if those, if uh, the emotional, the power of those unpleasant emotions will go away. So we are not operating from that place. But the, it feels like they're still here, but I'm, I became more aware of them. Yes. And then now they don't really take the driver's seat. They are not really. But I, they're still here. And I see that sometimes I act from those places. They're much, much, much less than before, but still here. Yeah, the, in, the intensity leaves of them is what, what, what goes on when, you, when you're healing. Um, they, the, again, the memories never lead, leave. But if, if, you still, if you're still there, you just get in touch with, again, how you were hurt and you could write a letter and it would release a little bit more. So more of this would leave. So when you re- re- do that, all of the diversions start to, and these symptoms, they start to evaporate the more you're able to re- get those feelings out. That's what happens to all the people I work with. 
That makes so much sense. Thank you so much, Robert, for reminding me of that. That's the homework that I need to do. <laughs> ah, it's easy My to pleasure. just try to push away, right? So much easier. <laughs> yeah, and thanks for sharing that. I didn't know, you know, if you were open to it, but uh, thank you for doing that. Ah, yes. Um, it's uh, To me now, it has become almost like... Um, interesting kind of experience to have, to become aware of the processes within, you know, the subconscious and how it operates and what it does. Because I watch myself, the way I talk and the things I do, and I wonder why I ask lots of these questions. Why am I doing this? And why am I, why am I saying this? So that helps a lot and becomes, it, does. It, it becomes lighter everything. It's just fun in a way, actually. It's almost like this learning experience. I'm exactly. Learning, and right? I understand that. Yes, absolutely where everything comes from. So we're almost at the end. I want to thank you again for who you are and um, the, what you do and your contribution to peace and love to this reality. Thank you for being open to life too, Robert. And thank you as well for all of those things. Uh, <laughs> so I have two more questions for you, the ending questions. What is another word for life? I just, all that comes to me is beauty. <laughs> yeah. Beauty. Yeah, I just feel that's the, what's coming to me. I see my smile. I was fortunate enough to um, live to see the f first grandchild. And uh, that's what comes to mind, the beauty of that. So. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine how, uh, because of your awareness, um, how amazing it is to be around you. Like to be your children, your grandchildren. <laughs> That's yeah. what a gift to them and to you. Yeah, he loves it. He loves playing. I play with him. You know? uh, I can imagine. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's fun. So my last question is: What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? Ooh, let's see. Three experiences. Again, it's simple things. It's not a trip anywhere. It's not a. It's not a material possession. It's, it's to receive love from another human being. It's to look at the stars and see it like I do. And it would be to just be at peace that they experience that. Not everybody does. Inner peace where you could actually do nothing and just sit and be at peace. I, I wish everybody could experience that uh, as I have now mm -hmm. at times. Oh, yeah, what a beautiful vision. And a wish for everyone. I agree. Thank you so much again, Robert, for being you. Thank you. And my pleasure to be with you, Valeria. Before we say goodbye again, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Um, it's on my website, um, robertbleck, B-L-E-C-K dot com. And uh, let's see, my email is on there. Is on, you could find it on the website. And my office phone is there also. And you could also um, you write me from the website as well. Wonderful. Thank you again. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Robert. Bye, Valeria. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dr. Robert Black and his work, please visit robertbleck.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>